You are tuning in to the human side of engineering and product development podcast, brought to you by Sarah Tech, where we bring you industry leaders and some of the brightest minds in engineering solutions and product development. I'm Andy Deal, your host. Join me as we discover the inspiring stories of the people behind the most innovative and game-changing solutions in the market today. So tune in and enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is your host, Andy Deal. Our guest today is Isabel San Añanos from HP. And um, Isabel, how are you today? Hi, Andy. I'm, I'm doing good. And I have to congratulate you for the pronunciation of my last name. Very well done. <laughs> well, I think I, I took I took one semester of uh, Spanish in high school. So that, that kind of stuck with me. <laughs> good. <laughs> Thanks. So um, thank you so much for, for being on our podcast today. You and I had worked together before. Uh, you were one of our guest speakers at a 3D printing seminar that we hosted a few years back. And I was so impressed with your presentation and, and the materials and the information that was presented. Uh, so I'm so excited that you are able to join us today or join me today. So we have, uh, we can have a little bit longer conversation and, and talk about some of the things that you're doing. So welcome. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today, Andy. All right. So um, I, I did some research on you uh, and you are a big supporter of STEM, right? Which helps drive interest in technology and young people and kids. Um, do you remember what drove your interest in technology and, and 3D printing when you were younger? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I initially started with interest uh, related to maths and physics because those were the subjects uh, uh, at the school that were interesting me the most. I was good at them. And that is one of the main reasons why I wanted to continue my education in, in that field. So I went to the university. I graduated as a mechanical engineer. And it was basically coming from the, the professors and the teachers that mm. I had at school, high school, and yeah, a couple of references that I had in my family as well related to that. But I knew that I wanted to do something that was related to maths and physics. I see. And mechanical engineer was a very good match between all of that and, and something practical as well, because I didn't want to be on a very theoretical job or, or career afterwards. I see. I see. And, and you mentioned you had some influence from your family. Was that from uh, father, mother, brothers? Uh, what, did you have engineers and, and technical people in your family? I have an uncle that is a, a mechanical engineer as well. Ah. So yeah, he was uh, yeah one of my reference. But also my dad, he's a, a professor of math. Oh, so okay. I, I'm not sure if it's related to that, but yeah, it happened to to be aligned at the end of the day. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. Were were your parents ever, um, you know, from coming from my point of view? You know, my my parents never really pushed me and say, hey, you have to be this, you have to be that. You know, um, a lot of parents say, you know, oh, you you have to study to be a doctor or engineers or, you know, something like that. Did, did you ever get any pressures or anything like that uh, from your parents that, hey, we want you to be an engineer or in, in tech or in math or anything like that? 
Not really. So my parents were very supportive of me yeah, continuing my education, but, but they never forced me or pushed me into a specific direction. So it was like something that yeah I figure out based on the things I'd like the, and the areas and the type of jobs that I wanted to, to get in the future. And looking backwards, actually, I think it was a, a very good idea. And I'm also very big a ambassador in STEM and especially for yeah, women in engineering, because it's one of the things that in the society, they, there is yeah a hidden force that is like actually uh, not enabling yeah, a lot of women to move into these type of careers because it's not well seen because they do not have reference and like seeing all of that once I've been uh, I've gone all of this path I really want to like help them to understand that this is an option that is very valid for them that they can be great uh, studying any of the STEM careers and and that they can add a lot of value and a lot of new ideas and innovation into the field. So we need more engineers in general, and we need more women in engineers as well in particular. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there's absolutely a um, a gender gap in in our industry and in our field uh, in engineering, and especially in, in 3D printing, I think. So uh, I, I think what you're doing is very important, and I we, we need to get more kids in general, but women uh, to be more interested in engineering. So I'm, I'm very um, happy to hear that you're involved, not just with STEM, but in women in 3D printing. And, and I know you do some um, mentoring as well in the, in the women in 3D, inter, 3D printing. Yes, that, that's right. I'm mentoring yeah, one a person today that is studying a, a PhD. And yeah, the idea behind all of that is, again, to create the, the reference, to create the network of support for women to like, help them to become successful in everything that is related to the STEM fields. And yeah, I'm very happy to, to be part of that and helping the new generations. But it, it's also about education and providing visibility at a, a very early age as well at the school. So one of the things uh, that are being done in, in a regular basis, and I've participated on as well, is, for example, uh, connecting with the schools, with yeah, kids that are in the age somewhere between 10 to 15, mm. to give them the the option to understand that this is something that they can do as well. No? And, and which are the different types of outcomes and the projects that they can be part of which can be very exciting and it's something that probably is opening yeah, some, some minds in terms of considering these new possibilities. Uh, yes, I, I think it's very important to have a mentor or people that you can look up to and, and see that, hey, you know, maybe I can do that too. Um, you know, uh, a lot of time um, kids don't have that opportunity. So I really applaud you for, for being so involved, um, in that aspect of, of helping, uh, kids and, 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 and children, you know, uh, be more interested in science. Right. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I saw that one of the people that you follow is Sarah Blakely, which is founder of Spanx. Um, I listened to her podcast recently and it is such an inspiring story. Uh, for those who don't know what Spanx is, it's, it's a, it's a line of women's, um, I guess support clothing that they're much more than that now. But, uh, basically Sarah started out, 
um, bootstrapping from her kitchen and now have grown that business into a billion dollar company. Uh, really incredible story full of determination, hard work, innovation. Um, it's easy to see why, um, you know, you and other people are inspired by her story. Uh, who else do you recall from um, either early in your career or in your studies that also inspired you or have had a positive impact on you uh, as being a, where, where you are today? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So uh, for me, it's very important that I'm working in organizations and, and in projects that are aligned with my values. And yeah, I value uh, inspiration, the creativity, yeah, to be able to like really challenge the status quo and, and move things forward. And I think uh, 3D printing is basically all about that no? and how it can help on top of it with uh, sustainability, with other of the problems, waste management, for example, that we mm. have uh, today in the world. So as part of, of the journey uh, in 3D printing, for example, I had yeah, a couple of, of examples of leaders in the organization that I was really applauding because of their integrity, their honesty, their transparency, and also their willingness to like really help the customers and really help the society in the type of things we wanted to do. So I, I think when you have a vision that is like really beyond uh, yeah, reaching a specific financial goal, but really looking after how this can make an impact in your community, in your society, is when you can like really push the status quo, create that innovation and creativity that is moving the things forward. And this is the, the type of examples and reference that I'm looking at. Yeah, this is an example in Spanx, but there are many companies today that are really moving into that direction. And it's going to be very exciting to see how the world is going to look like five years from now, because we do have a lot of different challenges, including anything that has to do with sustainability, with the waste management, with climate change. And there are a lot of entrepreneurs, a young generation. It doesn't matter the age, really. But there are people that is really trying to solve those issues. And, yeah. and you have to solve them probably with ways that we haven't developed yet. No? So we need to like really invent innovate on on all of those spaces yeah absolutely i mean if, if you turn on the, the tvs nowadays and you watch the news you, you think the world's coming to an end right it, it's all doom and gloom but there are so many positive things out there and and being in industry i get excited because they're they're new innovations that happens every day. And, and they're really smart people that I get to talk to like you and associate with. So I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, can you share with us what are some of the cool things that you doing today at HP? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are some things I, I cannot share, but sure, of yeah, course, was... of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can tell you a couple of examples that that have gone public in in the past years, which I think are very telling of yeah, the type of innovations and the type of things that you can achieve with with three D printing. Mm. So um, in the past couple of years, I've been working with a company that is uh, called Sync. 
they are a producer of high-end speakers and pretty much competitors of Bose, for example, mm. or any of the companies that produce these high-end speakers. And they had an idea where they really wanted to improve the, the quality of the sound of those speakers. And the way to achieve that was through a redesign of the structure and the channels that are conducting the, the audio to the outside. And it turned out that that geometry was something that you could not really design with any previous manufacturing technology. So you really had to use 3D printing, mm. a new technology in order to make that happen. So that was a very interesting project because they were like really taking the best out of the technology that was available for them. And they really designed uh, a piece that was unique and was able to like really produce a breakthrough in terms of the audio quality in that space. So that's been a very interesting project. Yeah, probably one of the highlights of, of the past years. Uh -huh. I think it's also yeah remarkable as well, all the work that we did related to the COVID response and all the shortages that we had in terms of PPE in the United States and also in, in other countries. So in that case, it was very clear that the supply chain was broken. We didn't have the option to get this additional uh, protective equipment uh, from yeah, other countries. And then we had to figure out how we can produce this uh, internally and, and, and regionally. And in, within HP, what we did is that we set up different working groups where we develop a design for face seals, a design for mm -hmm. uh, swabs in a matter of days, weeks at the most. And then we were able to like really produce through like the partners and the network that we had both in the US and Canada in the order of hundreds of thousands of face seals and millions of swabs. So it was like really an effort that had a very direct impact in the society. And we were able to like really close that gap in terms mm -hmm. of the supply chain that had been created. So when I think about 3D printing right now, we do have a lot of new opportunities because if you like really think and reflect about what has happened in the couple of years, we have like really seen that we need to strengthen the supply chains that we mm -hmm. have today. And 3D printing can be a key component on how we rethink all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was so incredible. I remember uh, during the height of, of, of COVID, how HP got involved uh, along with other partners to to really 3D print protective shields and equipment for our our um, you know frontline um, people. It was really inspiring, and and that's when when I really get excited about the things that we do, right? Because sometimes you don't get to see the real impact of what you do. But when you see something like that, when it's evident, it's, it's, it's when I, I get really proud being in the industry that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thinking about the examples in that direction as well, I think it's very telling all the new advances and all the new types of products and, and enhance of performance that you can achieve in 3D printing in the medical space. So we have several companies that we are working with that are producing, for example, prosthetics or mm -hmm. surgical guides that with 3D printing, they can really be 
customized for each of their patients. So this is something that they were not able to provide with without this technology and is benefiting the patients. So for example, in the case of the surgical guide, they are gonna be able to perform a surgery in a much more accurate way, more efficient, less time. So it's really enhancing all all of the, the experience of the patient because the recovery, for example, is gonna be shorter things mm-hmm. uh, to that. Uh, and then in the case of the prosthetic, this is something that someone is gonna wear in a in a regular basis. So if it can be more comfortable, you can like really uh, improve the quality of life of each of these patients. And this is like really something that is unique for 3D printing. Yeah, that's it's pretty incredible. Now, I also have seen some some crazy things, and by crazy thing, I mean Hollywood versions of three D printing. I've seen movie when you yeah. know people uh, print things in minutes that are you know realistic or copies of, of metal. What are some misconceptions that you see out there about three D printing technology today, and that that we need to to make sure people understand? No, it's not like the movies. It doesn't quite really work like that. This is how how three D printing <laughs> actually works. Yeah, there are many misconceptions. I have to say, I think we will need a full podcast talking only about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the yeah the things that come to mind very quickly, it's for sure the the speed. I would say because yeah, when any three D printing technology is showcased in in a movie, yeah. it goes very fast. Yeah. The reality is is not really like that. And then yeah, related to that is also that a commonly when someone thinks about three D printing, they think about a desktop FDM printer. So fuse deposition material. This is the low end, let's say, in terms of what you are able to achieve with 3D printing. And there are many more technologies that are able to produce very unique things and that have actually a very good fit in different spaces. For example, in the case of of HP technology that is powder-based, you can get like something that is very strong in comparison to yeah, something that has been produced with one of these de- desktop uh, FDM printers. And it's going to be, um, as well, it's going to have a, a better surface quality. Mm-hmm. So 3D printing is not only a single thing. There are many technologies that are related to that. I think this is yeah, the, the first myth we need to to yeah, make sure that, that everyone understands. And then the second thing is that, yeah, the... It's not only about how fast you are able to produce a part because it is a batch process. So it's about how many parts you mm. can print in in a period of time. Because here it's not about the time to part, but more about the yeah the production and the run rate that you are able to have with the with the equipment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, one other thing that I saw. Uh, about you on your profile, I was really impressed. Is you actually own six patents? So, yeah, I, are they all related to three D printing? And 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 how does that even come about? Is it like all of a sudden you you were you were working on something? You're like, you know what? Here are some things that people have never thought of. Or, or how how does that process even work? Can you can you kind of walk me through that? Because that's very interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I started my career actually in the R&D lab for a large format printers in HP. Mm-hmm. And there what I was doing in, in a day to day is to design components and systems 
that we were going to implement in the new products. So as part of this new product introduction, there's always a component of innovation. And yeah, I do have some patents that are coming from that time when I was working on that. I was mainly in the space of uh, the cutters inside the large format printers. Uh So how you can like, yeah, cut the pages or how to make sure that you can get a full bleed when there's a full world into the printing. But all of those patents are related to these new components, features that we introduce in, in those products. So that's from, from that time. And then when I moved into 3D, I, I also participated in different innovation initiatives. So in HP, for example, I, there's normally an ongoing in innovation campaign where you can submit ideas mm-hmm. and uh, I work on defining how to do, for example, calibrations or identifying the material through different types of sensors. And some of those patterns are related to all of that exploration. And yeah, then moving forward, at the end, yeah, now it's coming to mind, but at the end of the day, so anything that you are doing new Uh that is solving a problem that there was not a solution in the past is something that you can patent. And as we are actually in a field where there are a lot of things that we are creating from scratch, I would say that there's a lot of opportunity of new things to be invented and and patented. And this is pretty much the the reason why I've I've been developing this type of patents, because when you are working on these new problems that you are solving, there, there is new knowledge that you are generating and these are yeah intellectual property that you can protect as well that way that's great it's it's amazing i i you know i've I've, I've always been trying to come up with some new idea or something new maybe you know you can you can inspire me to to come up with some uh with some great cool idea where i can make a billion dollars (laughs) yeah absolutely and and i would say that in terms of the innovation process there's uh yeah, a lot that you can get out of a brainstorming. So we can brainstorm one day. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so as- and it's a lot about collaboration as well, I would say. So it's important that at the end, it's very unlikely that you do something only alone. So yeah. you normally are innovating with, with some work colleagues and some people that is improving your idea and, and refining your idea as you go. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the big conversation um, that is happening right now in our industry is um, digital transformation, right? Um, everyone, especially now, post-COVID, um, the working environment is so much different. You have people um, more diverse, more dispersed all over. Uh, collaboration, as you mentioned, is important. Um, so digital transformation is one of the key tenant of, um, what a company will try to achieve. How do you see, how does 3D printing fit into the digital transformation process you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a very good question because digital transformation, it can be about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely an opportunity there in terms of the supply chain and, and the manufacturing processes. So when yeah we think about 3D printing and digital transformation, it's going to be about that. So how you move from a traditional technology into 
a digital technology. So it's the movement from analog to digital. And traditional technologies can, can be things like, for example, injection molding, CNC machining, um, seed metal, any of the processes that we are using today. And there is an advantage of using this digital manufacturing because it's you do not need to have the tool that tool that is going to manufacture that product. And you do not need to plan for all of that time before you have it ready to go. So the, the, the digital process is going to be a much easier in terms of how you can like really print unique, unique types of parts and then do that in an ongoing basis, which is something that you were not able to do in the past. And this is something that is really going to create new business models. And we do already have examples of that today. So if we think about the Smile Direct, so they are mm -hmm. a, a company that is manufacturing these clear aligners. They are producing in 3D each of those molds. And each of those molds that they print are unique for each of those patients. So there is like really no way to do that in, in an scalable way if it's not with 3D printing. Right. And this is just an example that is very established today. But as we move forward with all of this digital transformation, we are going to see more and more of that. We do have, for example, a, a couple of use cases in the automotive industry with BMW where they had some parts that uh, customers could customize and they could change the color or the pattern or add their name on them. And, and they were printing those with, with 3D. So all of these new things and, and new ways to add value to the customers and create new type of, of businesses is something that is going to be like really enabled with 3D printing. And it's one of the, the exciting things of being part of this industry, you know, that is like really pushing the limits and the yeah. boundaries of what you can manufacture today and, and how that is going to look like in the future. And the future is, is pretty much now. So it's not something right. that is 20 years away. It's like two, three, five years we are already having a lot of conversations with different companies that are really looking into scaling 3D printing in their production and at volume. So it's just a matter of time, uh, uh, yeah, uh, of like a few years of like really having this exponential growth in the industry. Yeah, I mean, it, from from looking back, it seems like the past decade we really saw 3D printing or additive manufacturing grew by leaps and bounds. I mean, the, the technology advancement and and everything that's involved with, with that industry really exploded. Uh, so I'm, I'm like you, I'm really excited to see uh, what's coming next, right? Uh, do you have any, what what innovations or, or what things do you see coming down in the horizon? in the horizon in 3D printing, not necessarily things that you are currently working on, but just in general, the industry. What, what are some of the things that, that you see that are coming that, that we should be looking out for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of spaces and yeah, there's, well, I'm pretty much working on, on, on both of them, but I think those are like very, very interesting nevertheless. So one of them is the electric vehicles and all the ecosystem that is gonna enable that. So if you think about the automotive industry is 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 changing like it's gonna have a, a major changes that are actually mm -hmm. ongoing in the next years and just Thinking about electric vehicles, there are more than 30 companies in the US that are going to introduce products in the next years. 
all of those are new product lines and all of those will require a set of new components that have to be designed as we speak. So we really have an opportunity to capitalize on that and really add value to all of these vehicles or different parts of the ecosystem using 3D printing. So like right now, one of the things or one of the angles that we are exploring is like really engage with these companies and have those conversations in order to make this happen. And it's not only about the final vehicle, but also the, the manufacturing setup. So there, pretty much every month, there's an announcement of a new factory that is gonna be built in the US producing uh, electric batteries. So all of that, again, is gonna be new. And we do have an opportunity to really rethink all of the manufacturing aids that are gonna be used in those factories. And 3D printing can add some additional value. So really being part of that conversation can bring a lot of new opportunities and, and open a new space for, for us as an industry. Yeah, that's that's exciting for sure. Um, I'm I'm you know, I think definitely my next car is gonna be an electric vehicle. Uh, hopefully something that can drive itself so I don't have to worry about driving anymore. So Yeah, that's a, another conversation as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um obviously one of the things that you do is you engage with companies and customers and take a look at what they're doing and you help them to innovate and uh improve their product development process and incorporating uh, 3D printing technology into what they're doing. So for companies that are not yet looking at 3D printing as part of their process, what's your advice? What what should they they be thinking about or looking at in terms of, hey, should we do this? Is this is this something that we should really invest in? What what's your advice to to those type of companies? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is about education and getting exposure of what is available out there. So, yeah, definitely go to events, for example, that are related to additive manufacturing to like see which are the use cases and how other companies are using that today or participate on, on webinars. There, there are like normally ongoing webinars about like different topics and, mm-hmm. and different industries as well uh, in particular that can relate more to each of the companies, for example, in industrial or the, the healthcare sector. And then also train the their workforce. So right now, I, many universities in the US are offering additive manufacturing classes mm-hmm. that are explaining how to design for additive. Because if you want to like really introduce additive manufacturing, it's not only about taking a part that you have designed for another process and printed with 3D. You can probably do that, but it's not going to be the best solution because that part has been already designed for something else. So if you really want to push the boundaries, like the example of thing that we were mentioning before, you can like totally redesign and reconsider your concept to create something that can probably add some additional benefits that you didn't think about because you didn't know that that was possible. So that's why education is so important because it really opens and changes the mindset of what is possible to be done. Absolutely. No, great, great advice. Yeah. And we can help with, with all of that, definitely. So that's what we are here to do. Now, Isabel, I know I've, I've taken a lot of your time today already. I'm 
such a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking time to join me today on our podcast. Um, great discussion about technology, about education, um, you know, about the state of our industry. I do really appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully you and I can have another deep dive conversation on some of the other topics that we didn't have a chance to get get into. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you today, Andy. And yeah, looking forward to the next one. I'm more than happy to do it. Sounds good. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you.